religious trauma syndrome. Ooh. I got that tonight. We'll be talking about that. Uh, we also have uh, Minecraft. You remember Minecraft? Some people still play it. A lot of people, actually. Uh, fighting censorship with a really cool idea. You may not know this, even if you play Minecraft. Or if you don't, you might want to start. It's a uh, it's very cool story. Uh, we got that and really weird miniatures. And I have my own to show you tonight. It's show and tell night also. I'm Jay Sheldon. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Uh, it's Monday. It was a public holiday here in Malaysia because it is Agong's birthday, the king of Malaysia. And uh, Daulat Tuanku. Uh, Long live the king. So we, uh, yeah, we got a public holiday today and a happy birthday to uh, to our king here in Malaysia. Uh, somebody asked earlier today, they said, so what is Kea like? And I said, it's really hot and the traffic sucks. That's all you need to know. Because that's actually all you need to know. It's, again, another scorcher today. It, it was unbelievably hot during the day. It's the main part of the day. Mornings are not bad. Evenings are okay once the sun goes down a bit. But between 10, 11 o'clock and 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, forget it. If you got outdoor stuff planned, you better dress for it because it is a nightmare out there for... Uh, for weather, temperature-wise. And we haven't had a lot of rain yet, either. Hey, K-Chai! Hey, good to see you! Hello, it's been a long time. All right. Thanks for uh, popping in. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and also Rumble.com. All four platforms, we are live. And, of course, you can also uh, check it out, all the video playbacks of every episode on YouTube, Facebook, not Twitch.tv, because they limit, like, maybe a month's worth of shows. Uh, and, of course, Rumble.com, which is a great platform. Uh, a lot of people think it's just a bunch of conservative woohoos. It isn't. They got viral videos, puppy dog videos, kitty cat videos. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of political stuff there, which is really nice. Great political stuff. I am a huge fan of the Dan Bongino show. And uh, shout out to Dan Bongino, Bongino, who will never, ever listen to this show and has no idea I even exist. But I'm a big fan. And if you want a show that will bring you the truth without all the crap and the hype and the left or right-leaning junk, the Dan I cannot recommend the Dan Bongino show enough for you. You can find it on Rumble, also on podcasts. Speaking of which, we are also a podcast. The audio version of our show goes out about a half hour, an hour after we're done with our live broadcast. And you get the same show. It's just the audio part. You can listen to it on your jogging or your walks or whenever you want. You want to add us to your podcast shelf. I'd really appreciate that. Your subscriptions really help send us up the chart and get us noticed. Just search for The Jay Sheldon Show. You'll, you'll find this, this logo. And uh, that's it. You click follow or subscribe and away you go. All right. One thing we do on this show, if you're new to the stream, is we always update you on our favorite little furry lady. Miko update. <laughs> Miko update. She is uh, doing great, and right now she's sitting downstairs 
floored, just laying on the floor because she ate too much tonight. I thank goodness she ate too much tonight because we were a little worried. She hasn't been eating as much lately. But uh, we had a great day yesterday. We went to Odessa Park City, and uh, we met up with uh, Sherry, and uh, it was just such a great time. And check this out. Look at this. This is a a little gift that uh, Sherry gave to uh, to Miko, uh, to us. But anyway, it looks exactly like her. It's a little bobblehead doll, and uh, it's a Shiba Inu. And there's Miko imitating the the bobblehead doll. <laughs> Great shot there. Uh, so yeah, we uh, there she is. Another uh, another action shot with Miko. Uh, this was it uh, at the Dessa Park City Pet Bazaar. A uh, lot of fun, lots of folks, and look at all the Shebas. One, two, three, four, five. We were out in the uh, main part of the park, one of the main areas, and there was just tons of Shebas everywhere. In fact, I got the chance to meet one of the oldest Shebas I've ever seen in real life in Malaysia. All the ones that we run into and our friends have were part of the Malaysian Shiba Inu group. They're all like, you know, two, three, under, I don't think any maybe older than three years old. But this one over here, uh, this little lady, uh, it was seven years old. So, I mean, Shebas live an average about uh, 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Sadly, but uh, yeah, this this one was seven, one of the older uh, Shebas that I've seen. So we had an absolute fantastic time. There's uh, there's Sherry, and thank you so much for the gift. It was uh, it was really cool. We <laughs> it has a prominent place on our coffee table right now. So thanks again for uh, for that. I really appreciate it. All right, our main topic tonight. We got a lot of stuff to get to, and of course, at the end of the show, we'll have our book for you. But uh, a friend of mine, Jerome, uh, sent me a, a PM, and I always encourage you, if, if you guys want to get in touch, you can do it several ways. You can email us. Uh, our email here on The Jay Sheldon Show is simply show at jaysheldon.com. You can send us anything you like, links or whatever, and you've got show suggestions, you want to make a comment. Uh, and just let me know if you'd like it to or not to be public, because... Um, you know, I usually will share stuff that I get. I get quite a bit of uh, email and PMs. So anyway, uh, Jerome sent me a, a PM and said, you should cover this topic on your show. And he sent me a link. And I looked at the link and I thought, hmm, yeah, I should cover this topic on my show because it does and doesn't kind of relate to some stuff that we talked about before. It's a thing called religious trauma syndrome. Oh, and by the way, I did not misspell uh, accidentally the thumbnail tonight. I put religious trauma, T-R-A-M-A, like drama, because it kind of is. It's a little play on words. But anyway, uh, religious trauma syndrome has been recognized in psychology and psychotherapy as a set of symptoms ranging in severity experienced by people who have taken part in or left authoritarian, dogmatic, controlling religious groups and belief systems. It's a real thing. I had never heard of it before, and it's fascinating. We all know people who leave the church or leave a cult or leave, a, you know, an organization that is a bit of mind control, wonky, wonky stuff. 
and the kind of trauma that goes with this. Look, this isn't some snowflake, oh my God, I've been a bad, you know, this is very real. These people in some cases were born into, grew up being, I don't know what the word is besides brainwashed possibly, um, into these belief systems and were never given a chance to explore. Let me make myself clear here, by the way. I am not trying to convert anybody. I'm not making any political or righteous statements about whatever your belief systems are. I always, from show one till today, show 222, I say, you do you. I have my belief systems. You have yours. What yours are, none of my business. What mine are, none of your business. You do you. I just want to tell you about this, which is fascinating. It's real, and it's out there. Religious trauma syndrome occurs in response to a twofold trauma, the prolonged abuse of indoctrination from controlling religious community, and secondly, the act of leaving that controlling community. Uh, It's developed as its own heuristic collection of symptoms informed by psychological theories of trauma Uh, the same sort that occur in PSD uh, and CPTSD and betrayal trauma, which is also a part of it. It's a theory, but it's a part of it. Uh, uh, Relational and social context into account uh, when approaching research and treatment. Now, all that's a lot of scientific mumbo-jumbo. You can look this up. There's some really, really great articles about it. I did that. I checked out some of the uh, different articles that are out there and some of the different treatments that are available. And, you know, it has not only to do with the people who are involved in this kind of cult, you know, a Jim Jones kind of drink the Kool-Aid, preachy, Bible-thumping whack jobs that are out there. And some of them dress in really nice suits and have billions of people in their churches and make billions of bucks, by the way. But uh, it's not just the, uh, you know, these kind of wacky cult things. In some cases, it goes to uh, what society mostly labels extremists, even in mainstream religion. Uh, Religious trauma syndrome. This is all the links. There's three links in the top of our show notes tonight that are these articles that I picked out. Uh, There's a lot of them. You can do any kind of a search you want. Put in religious trauma syndrome. And you will find these, uh, these articles. Uh, the condition experienced by people struggling with leaving an authoritarian dogmatic uh, religion and how, uh, the, how they cope with the damage of being uh, indoctrinated into it. Uh, hey, Al Jafri Mohammed Yusuf has liked the stream. Thank you. And thanks for popping in and uh, running along for the ride. We don't always get so heavy on this show, but somebody suggested I take a look and make a comment about this particular topic. And when I saw it, absolutely fascinated me. Again, our show notes, which is our description down below, is uh, the links to all the stuff we talk about and also how to get in touch with me. They're all there. So check them all out. Just scroll down. They should open in a new window. So you'll stay with the broadcast and you can go and check them out. Uh, RTS, Religious Trauma Syndrome, is a function of both the chronic abuses of harmful religion and the impact when you suffer your, uh, sever your connection with those uh, harmful religions. Um, there's a list of the different syndromes that are out there. Uh, and also there is a... a 
article here about the cycle of abuse, how to stop that cycle, uh, mistaken identity, because it, it this RTS mimics a lot of other disorders. And you see the list here, uh, post-trauma, uh, traumatic stress disorder, clinical depression, anxiety disorders, the list goes on and on, eating, social disorders, marital, marital sexual dysfunction, suicide, drug and alcohol abuse. So uh, it's a difficult thing to analyze. And in fact, I would guess perhaps a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists may not even be familiar with the, uh, with the thing here. But it's a, it's a great article. There's this one, and there's another one here from icyhealth.com. Again, this one has a few more ads that pop up, but, you know, you got to pay for the website somehow. Uh, nine shocking symptoms, and uh, they, are, they are here. Uh, it is a, it's a scary but very realistic thing. And if you feel maybe you are suffering or uh, maybe you have a friend who is, I strongly encourage you to check this out and uh, read the article, do, do your own research. And like I said, you do you when it comes to your religious beliefs. I have said from the start that uh, I am an agnostic, borderline atheist, I suppose. Yeah, I know, poor me, right? <laughs> you do you, I do me. That's what life's all about, folks, that and free speech. So let's go with that. Uh, but anyway, they, they list the symptoms and uh, possible treatments and uh, ways and places to get help. It's rather interesting. And there is, I would assume, a very large group of people, even in this country, maybe especially in this country, who could uh, benefit from uh, from this kind of knowledge. So be aware it's out there. I did want to share it because I thought it was important when I saw the link. Thank you, Jerome, for suggesting that. And uh, yeah, it's, um, I, you know, I was about to say it's cool stuff. It's not cool stuff. It's kind of scary stuff. But uh, it's something important. It's something you ought to talk about. Don't be afraid to talk about things. I'm not. You shouldn't be either. But remember what I said at the end of the day, you do you. You do you. Are you tired of free speech being censored? Well, guess what? Do you remember Minecraft? Oh, man, I actually remember that game from a long time ago. Well, players build worlds in Minecraft. And they have done something rather unique and incredibly cool. I am a huge advocate of free speech, always have been. I am a free speech absolutist, virtually, I think, practically an absolutist, I would, I would tend to say. Uh, I don't think there's anything you shouldn't be able to talk about. I don't think the government or anybody else should limit your speech, including big tech. This is a cool thing. The link is in our show notes. Please read the article. It's from freethink.com. Minecraft players have built a massive library just for censored news. It's a virtual in-game library that sneaks news past government censorship and features work from journalists who have been jailed, who have been exiled, and in some cases who have even been killed. And it's amazing. I don't know if that's an actual picture of the library or not. It might be. Um, the article is a bit detailed. It gets a little techy. But um, this 
woman, uh, Galima Bukharbefa, and I'm sure I butchered that name, I'm sorry, but did the best I could, remembers the moment her exile in her home country began. Thousands of people gathered in the city square. Bukharbeva uh, could sense their mood, absolute happiness. She'd never seen such happiness pour from the people of Uzbekistan like that. After years of what she describes as torture and lawlessness by the government, the crowd was finally speaking out. She said they felt like they were true masters of our city at that moment. But it all changed when she tried fleeing for her life. Without warning, armored military vehicles appeared, fired into the crowd with machine guns. You suddenly just think, she's quoted here as saying, I can't die now. There's a kind of expression that you feel like your heart is away in your feet. This is truly what happens. This is animal fear. Uh, unlike hundreds of her compatriots who attended the protest in 2005, the exact death toll has never been known. Uh, but she did make it out alive. And... Uh, it was her tipping point because of the government censorship, her work already frequently blocked by authorities. But this time was different. When she heard they were arresting witnesses of the massacre, she packed a small backpack, left the country, and hasn't been back since. Well, she covers the kind of news stories that are critical of the government, so obviously she's got an enormous target on her back. But... Um, they have been posted in what is a virtual library built into the world of Minecraft. Her articles bypassed firewalls because they were included, for example, in the lyrics of pop songs as a way of fooling. You know, if you write an article with a byline, you know, screw the government, they can't censor me anymore, it's going to get censored. If you put that same article into the lyrics of a pop song, most AIs and bots and big tech censor morons will just ignore it. So anyway, uh, that's what they did. And uh, then they launched this uh, beginning of everything. Again, this article is very lengthy, but it's well worth a read because it talks about everything from uh, censorship in China, Uzbekistan, across the world, and uh, the kind of, <clears throat> the kind of uh, ways that people have found around it and including building a censorship-free library inside the world of uh, Minecraft. Can't tell you how to get there. This article also doesn't tell you how to get there, obviously. But it's there, if you can find it. The final quote from uh, this woman, Ping, again, a Chinese journalist. Freedom of expression and freedom of thought are the cornerstones of human civilization. Speech is not just a medium to more freedoms. It is an inherent part of freedoms and one of our basic rights. Ping says, speech is freedom itself. Yes, exactly right. That's a cool article. You got to read it. Links in the show notes. Do check it out. All right. Uh, what else we got going on here tonight? Oh, oh. I got a question for you. If you're watching live, answer this in the chat. Wherever you are, I should see it because I've got a multi-chat service here where I can see chats from all four platforms, Rumble, Twitch, 
uh, Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> this is from World of Buzz. We love the folks at World of Buzz. We're always using their stuff. We give them credit all the time. They're very cool, these articles. But this was just a, it's kind of a meme. It's, it's just a one-sentence question. They popped up on their page on Facebook. And I loved it. And I'm not quite sure how to answer it. But I'm really interested in what your answers are. If you were given 10 million ringgit, or you can convert that into whatever your denomination is, because we've got listeners and viewers around the world. So $10 million, $10 million sing dollars, $10 million, million yen, which wouldn't be much. Um, but if you were given 10 million ringgit, if you were in Malaysia, what would you never still buy? You got all the money to buy anything you want, practically. But no matter what, you still wouldn't buy fill-in-the-blank. I'm not sure not sure what my answer would be. You know, I didn't think about this before the show. I wanted to just pop something out there. But the more I think about it, I'm not sure what it is. Oh, I know. Canned peas. Canned peas. Yes. (laughs) Actually, that's true. I hate canned peas. I will eat anything and everything. I try anything. Doesn't matter how gross it is. And I'll try it once. If I don't like it, I don't need it again. But I am always willing to try. You got to try stuff, do stuff, try new things. And when it comes to food, this country (laughs) gives you the chance to try all kinds of wacky things. And I've tried some, some I'm not so fond of, some I fell in love with. But the one thing since I was a kid, I will never eat again is canned peas. So if I had all the money in the world, I still wouldn't buy canned peas. Now, you might say tickets to a Major League Baseball game, uh, some particular brand of car. Some of the answers from World of Buzz are rather cool. Uh, Somebody said Proton and Perodua, which are our two main uh, local car brands. Uh, Thermomix, whatever that is, I have no idea. A Tottenham jersey won't look good on you. (laughs) Uh, old leaders and politicians who get paid handsomely to screw up the country. Sweet, what is this? Sweden surströmming. It tastes like crap. I have no idea what that is. I should look that up. Uh, a yacht. Even if you had all the money, you still wouldn't buy a yacht? Okay. Here's an interesting politically correct answer. Cigarettes, alcohol, lottery. Why not? Buy the lottery. Uh, A full PC set. The list goes on. Wow. All right. Uh, What other? Oh, here's a weird one. V-neck t-shirts. Now, we all know what that relates to. That idiot article came out with some stupid minister. A fedora. John, you might look good in a fedora. Why wouldn't you buy a fedora? And condoms. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, that's a shame. Uh, wow, this guy really hates the big brands. If you had $10 million, what would you still never buy? An Audi, a Land Rover, a Porsche, a Ford, a Mini, a Jag, and a Bentley. Well, I'm afraid you'd need more than $10 million for the Bentley, I think. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a bunch of them. They're very funny. The comments are funnier than the question. But, uh, somebody said, Amber Heard. <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right, check it out. World of Buzz. Love you guys. <laughs> Fantastic. I got another weird one for you. Uh, that's what we do on this show. We don't always get heavy like the beginning with this uh, religious trauma syndrome. But uh, we often do the kind of stuff that's kind of uh, wacky, weird, strange, and unusual. Uh, and this is one I shared briefly in my last stream, but I didn't have everything set up, so I couldn't share it with you. Uh, it's from uh, Rumble. Where is it from? Yeah, Ron Rumble 2. Uh, Rumble's Wonderings. Uh, forbidden Archaeology and Science. Now, check this out. I showed you briefly in our last show. These are from the 16th century. Um, artifacts dating back to the 16th century that are so tiny, you actually have to use a microscope to study them. There are 135 known to be in existence of these miniature boxwood carvings uh, they have a common origin. They're made during a very short period from 1500 to 1530. And they used micro CT scanning and advanced 3D analysis software to examine the carvings, found out that um, these were the uh, uh, sophisticated miniature altars. The inner layers are pieced together with joints hidden so accurately that only a microscope or an X-ray can detect them and look at the size of these things. Look how small. Much of the process of making the carving, still a mystery. Um, the name of a medieval craftsman, probably from the Netherlands, who was able to hand carve these masterpieces remains unknown. Yeah, the, now look at this in close-up. These are carved by hand. This is insane. Look at the detail of these things. And they, they, they're they like a little amulet. They open and close. And uh, look, you can see one laid out here. This is absolutely fascinating. Wow. Links in our show notes. Check it out because it's really cool. And that kind of leads me to, um, to this. Uh, hang on. I just got to do one little thing here. Okay. It leads me to this. I don't know if you know, again, if you're listening on the podcast, please check out the video because it's very cool. And uh, I, I have forgotten the name of these, but they are used on a, mostly a man's kimono purse. Now, when you wear kimono, there's no pockets. Now, in the sleeve, you've got a place you can keep things, sort of. But normally, there's a small uh, designed bag that has a long drawstring on it. And those drawstrings, I don't know if you can see on the bottom of this rabbit, but you see those two holes there? Yeah, I'm showing you rabbit's butt, okay? Uh, this is a hand-carved, don't forget what the wood is, but it's absolutely beautiful. And this, you take the string of this bag and you put it through the loop and tie it off. And that way, when you put the bag in your kimono, you have your obi, the belt, so this goes on the top, the string goes behind the belt, and the bag hangs, and that prevents it from slipping out. Now, there's all kinds of amazing uh, designs. I have a collection of these. This is just one I brought to show you. Show and tell. <laughs> Sorry. So, and there's, there's elephants and rats, and this happens to be a rabbit, uh, all kinds of religious uh, items and things. 
And um, I got to do one more quick thing here. So give me just one second. Hold on. Don't go away. <laughs> this is all live, folks. So, okay. Um, there is a Japanese god of fertility. And she is a rather chunky, fat uh, woman. There's a picture of her here. Well, it's not a picture of her. It's a carving of her. <laughs> All right. So this is, I, I, I don't have her name, but this is the Japanese god of fertility. Okay. Now, this is from Japan. It's very old. It's about 100 years old. And it's a part of my collection. I'm holding it up to the camera, which is very bright. I think the focus will pull to it. But you can see here, she's got these fat cheeks, and that's her face. And it's very tiny. You see the back? Beautifully done. Lovely piece. Okay? But that's not the best part. Remember I said this is the Japanese god of fertility. Remember the story we just did about those little tiny carvings? All right, now check this out. I'm going to try and do this on camera. I cannot promise because it's very difficult. Uh, Nazarul, nice to see you. Thanks for the like. Okay, I'm going to give this a slide. Again, no promises. I hope this works. It's a very difficult thing to do, and it's been a long time since I had this open. If I can't get it, I'll see what we can do. Hold on. I need to bring it closer to me. You've got to see this because it's absolutely fascinating. Ah, here we go. Okay. So it's you almost can't see the lines, but if you know it's there, you slide the back off. Here we go. You see that? The back comes off, and there's a compartment inside. Now, I don't know if you can see this or not because it's extremely tiny. Let me let the camera get a focus if it can. Don't know if it will or not. All right. Apparently, it's not going to. But inside, in the back... Ah, there you go. Now you can see it. Um, can you see it moving? Can you tell what that is? How do I describe this without getting too uh, literal? Look how small this is. Look at this. This is the palm of my hand. It's no bigger than the tip of my index finger. But carved inside, and it moves back and forth, is a representation of two people making love. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I will try and take a micro picture of this and post it on my Facebook. But it is, it's not a dirty thing. This is a religious thing. It's the god of fertility. Yes, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But it all fits together so incredibly nicely. Take a look at that. You can barely tell there's a compartment back there. And the front, of course, is the face of the god of fertility. I'm sorry that you can't exactly. The camera did focus in on it, but I'm not sure if you can really check it out. You may want to pause the video and zoom it in or something. I'll try and get a, a micro shot of that, macro shot, and, uh, and post it on my Facebook page because it's absolutely fascinating. All right. <laughs> See, I told you we do wacky stuff on this show, and now we're talking about Japanese fertility gods. 
but these are amazing. These are so cool. I'll, I, I, one day I'll share my whole collection with you. They're very cool. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we got one more, and then we're going to move on to uh, Sherlock Holmes, because, uh, yeah, we read classic books on this show, too, as if it's not weird enough. Um, here's a cool one. We always end our show before our book with some feel-good, heartwarming story. And very often it comes from the folks at Heartwarming's page on Facebook, as this one does. Links in our show notes. And there goes the bots over on Twitch. The only place I get bots usually are Twitch. Occasionally Facebook, but yeah. I mean, uh, YouTube will do, you know, the porn sites and stuff. But again, my viewers are smart enough. They know not to click on the bots and whatever. So anyway, here we go. Today, says the story, I painted a new resident's nails at work. Fingernails. And as we were going over what color, she mentioned that she wanted clear. The only thought that came to my mind was, clear? That's no fun. So I asked this woman why she wanted clear. And she said, my hands are ugly. I don't want to draw attention to them. And then I carefully responded with, your hands tell the story of your life. They tell the story of love, care, and adventure. These hands have touched and held things that most people can only wish to one day. And with that, she went for the color pink. Sometimes what we're so insecure with in ourselves, others find beauty in. Those are her hands with her beautiful pink fingernails. And those indeed, kind of like mine, are the hands of an elderly woman who, as this woman said, has held and touched things that people sometimes could only dream of. Absolutely beautiful story. And a great ending, too, that she finally went with the color pink. <laughs> nice. Uh, we like these simple little stories that kind of remind us that all is not completely screwed up in the world today. Although sometimes it gets a little easy to, to think that way. All right, you ready? It is time to move on up to our book. We're reading The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. We have uh, gone about a third to almost half the way through this adventure, which is about identities. And where did we leave off? Yes, the woman has left. Sherlock is on the case. And I remarked, you appeared to be read a good deal upon her, which was quite invisible to me, I said. Oh, not invisible, but unnoticed, Watson. You did not know where to look, so you missed all that was important. I can never bring you to realize the importance of sleeves, the suggestiveness of thumbnails, or the great issues that may hang from a bootlace. Now, what did you gather from that woman's appearance? Describe it. Well, she had a slate collar and a broad-brimmed straw hat with a feather of a brickish red. Her jacket was black, with black beads sewn upon it, and a fringe of little black jet ornaments. 
Her dress was brown, rather darker than coffee, with a little purplish plush at the neck and sleeves. Her gloves were grayish and were worn through at the right forefinger. Her boots I didn't observe. She, she had small, round, hanging gold earrings and a general air of being fairly well-to-do in a vulgar, comfortable, easy-going way. Sherlock Holmes clasped his fingers softly together and chuckled. Upon my word, Watson, you are coming along wonderfully. You've really done very well indeed. It is true that you've missed everything of importance, but you've hit upon the method, and you have a quick eye for color. Never trust to general impressions, my boy, but concentrate yourself on the details. My first glance is always at a woman's sleeve. In a man, it is perhaps better to first take the knee of the trouser. As you observe, the woman had plush upon her sleeves, which is a most useful material for showing traces. The double line was a little above the wrist, where the typewritist presses against the table. It was beautifully defined. The sewing machine of the hand type leaves a similar mark, but only on the left arm and on the side of its furthest from the thumb instead of being right across from the broadest part, as this was. I then glanced at her face and observed the dint of pins-nez at either side of her nose. I ventured a remark upon short sight and typewriting, which seemed to surprise her. Oh, it surprised me. Uh, but surely this was obvious. I was then much surprised and interested on glancing down to observe that Though the boots which she was wearing were not unlike each other, which she was wearing were not unlike each other, they were really odd ones, the one having a slightly decorated toe cap and the other a plane. One was buttoned only in the two lower buttons out of five and the other at the first, third, and fifth. Now, when you see that a young lady, otherwise neatly dressed, has come away from home with odd boots, half-buttoned, it is no great deduction to say she came away in a hurry. And what else, I asked, keenly interested, as I always was, by my friend's incisive reasoning. I noted in passing that she'd written a note before leaving home, but after being fully dressed. You observed that her right glove was torn at the forefinger. But did you not apparently see that both glove and finger were stained with violet ink? She'd written in a hurry and dipped her pen in too deep. Must have been this morning, or the mark wouldn't have remained clear upon her finger. All this is amusing, though rather elementary. But I must go back to business. Watson, would you, remind, would you mind reading me the advertised description of Mr. Hosmer Angel? I read the little printed slip to the light. Missing, it said. On the morning of the 14th, a gentleman named Hosmer Angel, about five foot seven inches in height, strongly built, sallow complexion. Black hair, a little bald in the center. Bushy black side whiskers and mustache. Tinted glasses, slight infirmity of speech was dressed when last seen in black frock coat faced with silk black waistcoat, gold Albert chain and gray Harris tweed trousers. 
with brown gaiters over elastic-sided boots. Known to have been employed in an office in Leadenhall Street, anybody bringing etc., etc. That'll do, said Holmes. As to the letters, he continued, glancing over them, very commonplace, absolutely no clue in them to Mr. Angel, save that he quotes Balzac once. There is one remarkable point, however, which will no doubt strike you. They are typewritten, I remarked. Not only that, but the signature is also typewritten. Look at the neat little Hosmer Angel at the bottom. There's a date, you see, but no superscription except Leadenhall Street, which is rather vague. The point about the signature is very suggestive. In fact, we may call it conclusive. Of what? My dear fellow, it is possible that you do not see how strongly it bears upon the case. I cannot say that I do, unless it were that he wished to be able to deny his signature if an action for breach of promise were instituted. No, that was not the point. However, I shall write two letters, which should settle the matter. One is to a firm in the city, the other to the young lady's stepfather, Mr. Windebank, asking him whether he could meet us here at six o'clock tomorrow evening. It's just as well that we should do business with the male relatives. And now, Doctor, we can do nothing until the answers to those letters come, so we may put our little problems upon the shelf for the interim. I had so many reasons to believe that my friend's subtle powers of reasoning and the extraordinary energy in action that I felt he must have some solid grounds for the assured and easy demeanor for which he treated the singular mystery which he had been called upon to fathom. Once only had I known him to fail, in the case of the King of Bohemia and of the Irene Adler photograph. But when I looked back to the weird business of the sign of four and the extraordinary circumstances connected with the study in Scarlet, I felt that it would be a strange tangle indeed which he could not unravel. I left him then, still puffing on his black clay pipe, with the conviction that when I came again on the next morning, on the next evening, I would find that he held in his hands all the clues which would lead up to the identity of the disappearing bridegroom of Miss Mary Sutherland. And that's where we will leave it for tonight. And we'll see if those two letters can help Mr. Holmes too. Solve the Mystery. <laughs> I love this book. The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. We, uh, we read a little piece of it on uh, all of our streams towards the end until we get through to the end of the book. We've done that for almost every stream we have, over 200 shows now. We've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Peter Pan, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Winnie the Pooh, and uh, of course now we are in the middle of Sherlock Holmes. So enjoy. If you want to hear all the old chapters or all, one of the old books, just go back in our shows. You'll find all of our episodes, 222 as of tonight, on rumble.com. That's probably the best place. Uh, just look for the Jay Sheldon Show or Jay Sheldon on rumble.com. YouTube, of course, our YouTube channel. Links in our show notes to all these. And facebook.com also. They're over there. All right, we will see you again on, when is it? Uh, Wednesday night, yeah, because today is Monday. Oh, my goodness. 
And uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for your likes, follows, and subscribes. Check out our podcast on whatever you get your podcast and give us a follow and a subscribe. And uh, I'll see you Wednesday. Thanks. I'm Jay Sheldon. Good night. <laughs>